0: Today's episode of M-Vibe Live Conversations podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: So one of the most important things is it's not just strengthening the multifidus, but it's actually getting the psoas, the hip flexor in front to turn off because the psoas is so tight when we sit. So all of us were sitting uh-huh. right here. Our hip flexors are shortening. We also have the iliacus as a hip flexor as well. So the psoas and the iliacus are the main two. Well, if they're tight and in balance, which is, of the patients that I see, that's the main reason they're in here is because one, the multifidus isn't working, but why is the multifidus not working? Because the psoas in the front is overdoing, it's the bully. Mm -hmm. And so it's overdoing everything, it's overworking. And by it being the bully, the multifidus in the back turns off. And if it doesn't think it needs to work because uh, the bully's doing all the job, doing everything for it, it quits working. So most people that I see have zero multifidus strength And their hip flexor is overdeveloped because of tightness, shortness. And that's where, in my opinion, we release the hip flexor in front, then we do the long bridge.
0: Welcome to the InVibe Live podcast with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We'll offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us all on our journey to live more in vibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at invibelife.com That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E.com. And we're grateful that you're here. Welcome to the InVibe Live podcast. We're here today with Amy and I, of course, and our guest is Stephen Dunn. My our first husband. repeat guest. Yeah, our repeat guest. And uh, Stephen and I are both owners of Core Therapy and Pilates, and today we are going to talk about back pain. And this is such a big subject because Stephen was just telling us some really great information on some of the statistics of back pain. So go ahead, Stephen, tell us what you got.
1: Hi, my name is Steven. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, last time we talked about fascia, and now we're talking about back pain, and the two of them tie together very very closely. Um, but what we were mentioning right before we got started was that back pain is the number one reason that people miss work. And it's also a situation that, by missing work on a very common basis, um, it costs uh, billions of dollars to corporate America, to the, the employers. Uh, it costs billions... Uh, cost a lot of money, a lost revenue for the um, employee who's missing Mm -hmm. work. Um, But it's also one of the things that people lead without treatment. If they're not taken care of, they'll end up in a disability situation. And that's the statistic that I think is very interesting. 80% of us are going to have back pain at one point in time in our life. So across the board, 80%. And of that, there's going to be a recurrence within a year. And So if you have back pain wow. today, there 80% of us are going to have it. Within a year, there's a, a 60% chance of having recurrence within a year. And then there's a 45% rec- uh, chance of having recurrence, another recurrence within four years. So there's a systematic uh, approach of like getting worse along the way. And of those original 80%, 15% actually end up permanently disabled. And that
2: permanent disability. 15%? So
1: of the 80%? 15% of the 80% end wow, up permanently disabled. Wow. And that permanently dis- permanent disability is what costs billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. And one of the most important factors to not have that your your funnel, not mm-hmm. that be your world, is to strengthen the, strength the multifidus, which is a little teeny muscle that's in the back of the spine that most people don't talk about. When they think of the core, they talk about the abdominals, they talk about, you know, pelvic floor gets thrown in with core work a lot, but the multifidus, which is the main spinal stabilizer, is the key. And if you strengthen your multifidus, you will not end up in that 15%. If you strengthen your multifidus within the first year, you will not end up in that 60%. If you strengthen your multifidus in the first four years, you will not end up in that 45%. So the key is strengthening the multifidus.
2: And how many people do that? Or how many practitioners know that?
1: You know, that's common information as a a physical therapist treating back pain, those statistics. We talk about it all the time. However, I find most physical therapists, the way they teach the multifidus reeducation is wrong. They actually don't, patients don't know how to find the multifidus. Well,
2: I can share that. I mean, so... I'm not only a friend and an interviewer, I'm also a patient of Stevens, and I have scoliosis since I've been a child, and I have recurrent back pain that I try to deal with, and I've received treatment for that since I was 12 or 13 years old. I'd never heard the word multifidus until I walked in here and never had an awareness of it, so Mm -hmm. that's something I wonder how... How long
0: has it been in the industry? I mean, you say it's common knowledge, but has it been around? it's
1: or? it's com- it's commonly talked about. like that's those studies that I've referenced that are commonly talked about. I've heard those over and over and over. Um, and the way most people try to strengthen the multifidus is the hands and knees situation where you go hands and knees, right. and, knees and opposite arm. Opposite I did that. Leg. I did that as a kid. So that is the, every night, that's the strengthening routine. But if you can't actually find your multifidus, if it's not found, uh-huh. it's not going to, in my opinion, it's not going to fire in that situation. So we have to find it in different ways, which we have a way where it's more of a weight bearing activity. You can actually feel that it's firing. Then when you get into the quadruped position, you got a much, much better chance of it working.
0: Are you referring to Longbridge? Correct. So Longbridge is an exercise that is on our YouTube channel.
2: So let's link that. Yeah, we'll we'll link that. Mm -hmm. And
0: um, I did actually list Longbridge as one of my favorite exercises because of this 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 particular reason. You know, um, it just really, it's something, I mean, granted, you know, I... an old gymnast so i've had back pain for a long time off and on it's kind of why i got into the health and wellness and fitness industry from my own personal rehab and then um you know being able to strengthen that area i have found to be key to maintaining or you know reversing back pain or getting rid of it you know yeah so i still do that today when i feel weak or unstable I'll go back to doing long bridge after I've done some release work.
1: And that's what I was just about to go into. Um, The multifidus is super important, but it's the antagonist to the psoas Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or the main hip flexor.
2: Another thing I'd never heard about before I came here, the psoas.
1: And and in reality, I've learned that from my teachers that are the weird teachers after school. Uh I didn't learn anything about it in school. And so...
0: Um, Granted, you've been out of school
1: for a long time. I've been out of school for <laughs> 22 years. <so> they, <laughs> I mean, maybe
0: the, the newer
1: PTs are talking about I, it. And, and, and let's, let's, let's be fair. When I was in L.A. working in 2001, I had a student come in, and she was I was her clinical instructor, and I'd been working for two years, but she knew more about things than I did even though I was only a few years ahead of her, she was learning stuff in school uh-huh. that I hadn't learned. So, so that's good. So that's, that's reassuring. True. And, good. and so she was the first person to start talking about the transverse to me. And I was like, I knew what the transverse was, but mm-hmm. I had never learned how to isolate the transverse. And we had not gotten to that point. And P- I just didn't learn that in PT mm-hmm. school. And so she's talking about transverse, transverse, transverse. And she kept doing this. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? You know, Stephen's that- flicking his hands. <laughs> <laughs> <And you're listening. laughs> that, yeah. that flick of the hands, and it was this idea of, like, you s- tighten your transverse with everything you do. And that flick of the hands uh-huh. was this idea of the muscle firing.
2: Okay, so we also have a video on our YouTube channel, um, your Blue Belt video. Yes, and yes. yes. It's in, yes. Ties to so it gives exactly. you some really practical tips for how to learn to fire it. Exactly. Yes. yes.
1: So one of the most important things is it's not just strengthening the multifidus, but it's actually getting the psoas, the hip flexor in front to turn off because the psoas is so tight when we sit. So all of us were sitting right uh-huh. here. Our hip flexors are shortening. We also have the iliacus as a hip flexor as well. So the psoas and the iliacus are the main two. Well, if they're tight and in balance, which is... of the patients that I see, that's the main reason they're in here is because one, the multifidus isn't working, but why is the multifidus not working? Because the psoas in the front is overdoing, it's the bully, Mm -hmm. and so it's overdoing everything, it's overworking, and by it being the bully, the multifidus in the back turns off. And if it doesn't think it needs to work because uh, the bully's doing all the job, doing everything for it, it quits working. So most people that I see have zero multifidus strength and their hip flexor is overdeveloped because of tightness, shortness. And that's where, in my opinion, we release the hip flexor in front. Then we do the long bridge. Then we progress to the hands and knees and other positions. And then you got a much better chance of that multifidus working. And the long bridge, we learned from a Pilates instructor that Cheryl used to work with, mm-hmm. Madeline Black, mm-hmm. out in California and Sonoma. And so it's something that I learned as a PT, I learned from a Pilates instructor and started applying it to every single one of my patients. So this is why I always tell people, the way I help people as a PT doesn't have all, it's not all from what I learned in PT school. A lot Mm -hmm. of it's things that I learned from people that I was trained in school to never go study with anyone who had less of an education with me. And then what I've learned over the years is that the people with less of an education with me are the ones, less of an education than me, are the ones that actually have taught me the most. This guy here, Tom Myers, he's Mm -hmm. a roffer. He's a massage therapist. You know, I was taught in school to not give a crap what a massage therapist taught.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but his work and his world right. of fascia changed everything with what I've done. So my point of that is you can always learn from people no matter what their credentials are. And some people's credentials don't really tie up their their
2: Well and in skillset. your field, those are the people in the trenches with people coming oh, nice. in and saying, I hurt. That's right. And they just That's wanna right. make them feel better. That's
1: exactly right. So applying the long bridge, which again, we call it the long bridge based on the positioning of the legs. A regular bridge, your feet are flat, your knees are bent. The long bridge, your, your legs are longer out and your feet are flexed, heels are in the ground. And again, we'll link that video, but that is a simple exercise that if you do a minute a day after you've done your psoas release, you will not be in those recurring episodes of back pain. And when I say disability, I mean, like, you're getting paid every week to a month. You know, you're yeah. like, you're not leaving the house. You're, yeah. cr- you're not working. And you you're, can't.
0: Like, but once you go under disability, the rules are kind of strict. That's true. Yeah. In you, order can't, you can't you just get a part-time in.
1: job. You know, at, this point, at that point, they kind of force yeah, you to that's
0: be an invalid at that family. point. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And so... My whole mission and, and, and what we see, you know, you would ask me right when we started, what do I see the most with treating uh, pain in here? And it is back pain. Again, it's mm-hmm. the number one cause. People miss work. It's so much money that's being spent in, in, in treatment to, you know, it's a, it's a billion dollar industry with treatment. And what I've learned is that the, the more tricks and hassles, I'm sorry, the more tricks and technology and crazy stuff you put into it, the more convoluted it is and the less effective it is. So just sticking to the basics of biomechanics of, hey, this muscle's tight, this muscle's weak, get this to relax, get this to strengthen, and we have a much better chance of... of balance. Yeah. great
0: balance within yes, the body. you got to create totally. the balance, the muscular balance between the front and the back. Mm-hmm.
1: And so my first, like, say, first five years of being a PT, someone with back pain came in, they laid on their stomach, I worked on their back. They never mm-hmm. got better. I wondered why what I was missing. Once I flipped people over and actually had them on their back and we worked on the front that was tight and 22 years ago we didn't all sit on our phones we didn't have phones when I was in mm-hmm. PT school I didn't even have a computer until so after I had a I had a master's in PT before I had a phone or a computer so we weren't doing the things that we do now to to create these imbalances now we're way more locked into our, our computers our our kids are, are stuck in these these bad positions and so once I flip people over their back and we actually started releasing the front. Now, here's something that blows people's mind. One of the most important things with back pain is your chest. And this is my opinion, no one else says there's no research for this, but when your chest is pulled forward and you lean forward like this, that's putting an extra 50 pounds of of weight in your lower back Mm -hmm. over time, all day, basically. Mm -hmm. So as your neck is forward, this is a little tangent, but as your neck is forward for every inch it comes forward. So for every inch I'm out here, it's an extra 10 pounds of force in my neck. So if your head's three inches wow. forward, it's 30 pounds of force right here. But the research doesn't take the down the chain because if your head's forward three inches, guess what? Your whole body's coming forward. Mm-hmm. So what they haven't actually measured is what's going on down here. But I can say with certainty that positioning of the head and shoulders plays a role in your low back. Because guess what's having to fire to hold you back? The multifidus. And if, the multifidus, and if, not working. if it's not working, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. So to me, back pain is really the whole trunk. Mm -hmm. And that's what Pilates taught me. It's not Mm -hmm. just about where you hurt in the back. And again, for years, I would roll people their stomach. I would like, oh, it's L4-5. And I'd mobilize L4-5, adjust L4-5, get up. They feel great. They come back in the next week. We're back in the same old place.
2: And so to give people a starting point, we should have put this up at the beginning, I think. Stephen and Cheryl have written a book. I'm holding it up. If you can see, it's called Retrain the Brain to Solve Back Pain. And what you guys do is exactly what you just sort of laid out here. And it's got, you know, pictures in it and everything. It's like a how-to guide Mm -hmm. to say, start with releasing the tight muscles, work towards strengthening, and then work towards... Um, dynamic movement, and then integrate this into your day-to-day life, life, activities, your golf, your tennis, your chasing your kids around, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to do. So, of course, we have this linked. But I think that's important because what you guys are advocating is not one particular treatment. It's a complete system and a complete lifestyle. How many people do you see willing
0: to implement
2: that? Because a good it, it, it's, that's it's harder than taking harder. a
0: pill. Yeah, I mean, it's way harder than taking a pill. That's a good question. And then the pill has this has zero side effects, right? Right. Yeah. So I'll say other this. than good side mm-hmm. effects.
1: I took insurance for 15 years, and when I took insurance, it was harder to get people to do their homework. Now that I don't take insurance and people pay cash, they have a little more skin in the game. So my patients now are a little more willing to do what I ask them because they don't really want to come in and spend the money. So, whereas back in the day, they're like, oh, I got 20 visits from insurance. I'll just come in 20 visits. Well, guess what? You don't get better in that mindset. That's where mm-hmm. insurance doesn't help people get better because they think, oh, this is great. I love this. But if I got 20 visits, I'm going to need all those 20 visits. And I'm like, well, maybe I need six mm-hmm. that, that they're like, no, I need 20. So they don't get better based on the system. Based
2: well, on- and I mean, they can only see you an hour or two a week. This you almost you have to every, it to especially if you're coming, if you're coming in in pain, you, you're in rehab. I mean, like if, if you're in pain, that means some serious attention.
1: Exactly. Your
2: body's already telling you, mm-hmm. you need to pay some serious attention to me. So at that point you need daily. And then once you stabilize, maybe not every day doing the same that's right, rigor that's right. of exercise, mm-hmm. but To get out of that pain position, it takes something. And that's also, we put this caveat out there all the time, Cheryl. That's not to say that there aren't times when medication is needed and medical treatment is needed. And and sometimes that gets you through to where you can do an approach like this.
1: And my goal is to keep people from having surgery, having injections, taking pain pills, But that's not necessarily always reality. Mm -hmm. But my patients that come see me, they come see me because they've been told by someone else, if you see this guy, you're not going to have to have that surgery. If you see this guy, he can actually help you. So I get a lot of the word of mouth. And they don't really understand why I'm working where I'm working because they've been to those more traditional approaches where your back hurts, they lay on their stomach. Mm -hmm. And they're told to do 10 press-ups every hour. And yeah, that helps some people, but it doesn't help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And we're at a place now where we're unstable, there's a lot of instability. Whereas 60 years ago, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, where a lot of this stuff that we still do in PT was invented, people were different then. They didn't sit all day, they didn't have technology. Mm -hmm. So we were a very stiff society, say 40 years ago. Now we're unstable because we're not able to handle, handle the forces that are required with all the sitting that we do. So back to the book for a second. What's happened with this book is that for 22 years now, I've been teaching people through this system. How many people are doing it? Not everybody, but mm-hmm. the people that are coming in are a lot more committed at this point than they were at an earlier point. And so, back to the book, what I've done over the years is I put all of my home programs that I email my patients. So, when mm-hmm. someone comes in to see me, the first day I email them three videos to do at home. The next day they get three more videos to do at home. Well, the book is that is those videos. It's an it's, easy it's, to
2: follow guide. It's put, it's
1: all mm-hmm. in one place. So I can email those out to people. But what happens is that most of my patients get through chapter one and two and they're feeling better. Mm-hmm. But chapter three, four, five is what they need to keep from being 80% to 60%. And
2: so just tell everyone what those things would be. Like, so they, they do the first two steps, which
1: are the, well, the first two chapters, the first chapter is all about releasing mm-hmm. what's in the front. So the tightness. Tight exactly. So it's releasing the chest, mm-hmm. release, releasing the diaphragm, releasing the hip flexors. Chapter two is now we've got the tightness is released. We've got to strengthen the antagonist. So, so we're like you were
2: saying, release the psoas, strengthen the multiveness. Exactly. Yeah.
1: We release the chest, we strengthen the rhomboids. Mm-hmm. We release the uh, upper traps, we strengthen the lats. Mm-hmm. Because once you're here we got to get the other opposite muscles working to get you down. So the lats mm-hmm. and the rhomboids are going to do that. So that's a scenario where again, we're teaching people up the chain when most PTs are going to focus on back pain, only going to work on your back. Right. But to me, I think it's very important that you understand the whole thing of the trunk. So that's chapter one and chapter two are those initial release this and then strengthen this. But then the next few chapters are taking it from being on your back to sitting to standing to your dynamic activities, to your uh, sports activities. Mm-hmm. Um, I play softball, so I exhale and tighten my core when I swing the bat. Mm-hmm. And at 40, I haven't played in a few years, at, when I was playing a few years ago, say 43, 44, I was hitting the ball further than the 30-year-olds on my team, the 25-year-olds on my team, not because I was in better shape, but I had a stronger core because I've learned to strengthen my core 20 years ago. And these are young bucks that don't know how to use their transfers. They don't know how to use their multifidus. They're strong dudes. they got great six-packs, and they got big chests, but that's what's going to lead them to need my help in a few years.
2: Well, and I can say from my personal experience, I play golf a little. Not well. (laughs) My (laughs) husband, I play a little. And I can say in the 10 years I've been coming here, since I strengthened all those muscles, and every time I swing a golf club, I think, put on my blue belt, I hit it way farther at 50 years old than I did at 40 years old. Yeah, And that's
1: That's why we apply Pilates and geratonic concepts, because – Just the hands-on doesn't solve the problem. Mm -hmm. It starts to solve the problem. But if we don't strengthen everything and create the balance, and again, that's where, as a PT my first few years, I only did hands-on, and I didn't get the results I wanted. Once I learned Pilates, I realized, whoa, here's a whole-body exercise system, but I'm only working on their back. So i got to work on them, their whole body, to then teach them Pilates. So we really switched way back in 2002 to a real holistic approach, not on purpose, but because of what Pilates taught me. Because with Pilates, let's say someone's a shoulder patient. Well, we start teaching them breathing first. Mm -hmm. We start teaching their core first. Well, oh, well, wow, your hip flexors are tight. Oh, wow, your multifidus isn't working. So are they a shoulder patient or a back pain patient? Mm -hmm. They're labeled a shoulder patient in my system, but they're learning they're learning the right. same stuff from a book, even though they're a shoulder and neck pain patient. So again, it all ties together. And that's where some people are a little bit like, whoa, this is too much. And that's fine. Those the people that can't handle putting all the stuff together, that's that's fine. There's plenty of other situations or very other systems or ways to help. But the people that have They understand the importance of thinking. They understand the importance of being mindful and aware. Again, mindfulness and awareness is really the key of what we're trying to create. Because if you can find your your multifidus in the long bridge position, that's great. But if you can't find it, when you lift your dog or your kid, or you you know go to the gym and throw some weight around, or, or yeah, whatever, you, whatever, they, whatever you're doing, laundry basket. Exactly. That's I was gonna say. I laundry remember basket. one of the
2: first things you guys told me is like when you're in the grocery store pushing the cart, make sure you're using your core. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you're engaging,
0: because yeah. so many people in the grocery store use it as a walker, mm-hmm. you or you've been collapse into it, yeah.
1: And we try to make everything active, mm-hmm. and again it's a awareness and a mental thing and for me like i i'm a big dude and pilates people always like are a little shocked when they see me and they're like you're a pilates person you know uh-huh. i'm not your typical pilates guy um i'm a big six two, six three, 250 pound dude and when i first was exposed to it i was like what the hell is this i wasn't really uh-huh. sure but what happened to me and this is why i love it and teach it over a seven month period uh-huh. From January to June, so it was really six months, we started our Pilates training in January. Cheryl talked me into doing a dang half marathon. <laughs> <laughs> time, I
0: don't
1: know why I, gonna, I signed up for that.
0: We were newly dating. It was really easy to talk her <laughs> <get> me <into> that. <laughs> and then I knew it was going somewhere because you
1: said yes. <laughs> so we were doing a marathon at the same time, training for a marathon at the same time we signed up for our Pilates training. And in that process... I was just doing the marathon to win points, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which worked out pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that, that marathon worked out nice. It but, uh, kind of a metaphor, too, right? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. it> is. <laughs> But what happened in January, my posture was terrible. Even though I'd gone through PT school, I was a big, a strong, athletic guy, I, my posture was horrible. My strength was actually horrible where I needed strength. My My strength and my... Swinging muscles was pretty, certain things were decent, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't coming from the right place. Well, by January to June, when we actually did the marathon, my mental awareness had changed completely from studying Pilates. Studying not only Pilates, but how to teach it to others. But you can't teach others Pilates unless you know it yourself. Mm -hmm. So, well, all of a sudden, I went from slouching to standing up, standing up, standing up, standing up, to where literally I grew two inches, three inches in height because of what Pilates taught me. Well, in that process, I was able to, and I was walking the marathon. I didn't run it. I didn't run it. I
0: walked it. That's maybe another
1: metaphor. But I'm doing a silly walk, right? I'm, I'm all getting into the walk. And the whole time I was able to focus and breathe and concentrate, where's my back, where's my shoulders. And it was only from Pilates that I was able to do that. Well, May 5th, we had did a practice marathon in Cinco de Mayo, and June 23rd was our actual actual marathon we'd been training for. Well, the practice to the, the real one, I dropped 15 minutes off of a 13-mile walk. Oh, wow. So over a minute a mile. And the only thing that changed in that seven-week period was Pilates. I didn't get any... I wasn't better with walking. I was better with my mind and being able to connect and put it all together. And so all of a sudden, I'm able to, you know, in, in Cinco de Mayo, I'm walking. I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool. There's a whale. Yeah. And I would, like, lose it all. Like,
0: where, was it that was in Santa Monica. It was
1: in Pacific, Pacific, Pacific Palisades.
0: Palisades. On Cinco de Mayo. It was on Cinco, <laughs> on
1: Cinco de Mayo. So May 5th, I'm, I'm watching the ocean. I'm looking at the dolphins, yes. the whales. You know, Cheryl's, like, off running. And I'm like, <whistles> checked out. But by June 23rd the dangling carrot was right in front of me, breathe and exhale and inhale and all the stuff. So I didn't get better at my walking. I got better at Pilates, which then translated into a 15 minute improvement. So that was, it was, and again, if I wouldn't have had that time, like it was that time that made a big deal. I was like, Whoa, like I was expecting maybe walks like two or three minutes faster, but not 15. So from that and moment on, it
0: was still just as good. We did. Right. We And I'm so.
1: like, and I'm like, don't look out to the ocean. <laughs> Don't look at the lava fields. I'll see that tomorrow. Yeah. We stayed six days. We were able to see it all. But but that's when I knew. All right. It took me seven six whole months to get it. But if I can get it in six months, and I can teach my patients to to just start to grasp the ideas, it is a long term game. It's a long game.
2: Well, and I'd say you, it sounds to me like you learned mindfulness in those months for
1: sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. And that's when I could apply it to everything I did, whether I was hitting a baseball, Mm -hmm. swinging a golf club, which I don't do too much, um, you know, just like snowboarding. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like I was, I learned to snowboard and then I learned Pilates and then snowboarding became easy. I try to teach
0: it to my kids when I see them, they have to run for their sports. And so I see them running and I can see their abs hanging out into a posture that I typically would do if I wasn't being aware. Mm-hmm. And so I try and tell them, you know, when you're running, think about your duck pond. Well, duck pond is a term that we've used when we're trying to teach kids this, that their abdominals become this duck pond. And if they push their belly out, they'll lose the duck,
1: right? And if they push okay. out, they're using their six-pack, yeah. which we and don't want. We
0: want the transverse want to, want the fire. to fire. And so if you can keep that sort of pond feeling, then the duck stays in the pond And so I I just, you know, and I, that little word kind of triggers, oh, to kind of pull their abdominals towards their spine and use that when they run, use that when they hit the ball, you know, whatever sport they're doing.
2: Right. So this has really gotten us into a discussion on Pilates and gyrotonic too, because in those stages three, four, five in the book, a lot of times you've handed people off to Cheryl. That's exactly right. And Mm -hmm. and it begins dynamic movement and mindful movement and, and things like that. So then you take over and... Does everyone stay? I mean,
0: I think a lot of That's, times people have bought in by that point.
2: Yes, they,
0: they do. Too. I mean, most people. We kind of vet our people in the beginning and let them know that this is the plan. Yeah, You know, we lay and, it all out and lay know. it it's out. It's kind of surprising, and we
2: can link this too. You have a business, um, Pilates PT for Pilates Pilates for, for PTs Pilates, Pilates for PTs that mm-hmm. we can link to because it seems like these two concepts go together so well but it's a pretty rare model yeah.
1: isn't it yeah most pt's today are more focused on like crossfit right. and like weight training and there's nothing wrong with that it's just my my ideal client isn't looking for a crossfit mm-hmm. my ideal client is looking for yoga pilates tai chi mindfulness they're not looking to for the 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 my, my ideal client's not the 20 year old anymore Yeah. Right. and so i kind of but it but I what it's what fi- I found at thirty. So Pilates, I found we found at thirty. Mm-hmm. What's kind of really helped us with everything. So if it's something you can teach anybody, like we, I'm teaching kids, and if the kids will actually pay attention, they can really learn and improve. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is that it's the fifty year old and above who actually is taking the time to put in that time and
2: effort, mm-hmm. or people like me who came in not well, exactly, and, and yeah. exactly. I, Didn't want to spend my days on oxygen. I didn't want my back to hurt like it was. I mean,
1: yeah, but but I mean, I
2: I had hit a physical bottom to say, I'm in your hands. Let me let's go. I mean, and I guess that's one thing. And for anyone out there who's had back pain, you know, that's. Oh, that's it's a bad. Deal. It it, we it's we bad. know
1: many people that are watching or listening and have had it. Yeah, and it affects
2: every do. single part of your life, especially when you're in those spasm moments. Mm-hmm. But even when it's just those dull aches, it just
0: Nothing feels good. Your, no. Well, and I mean, you just can't do anything.
2: Driving's difficult. I mm-hmm. just every single thing. Cooking's difficult. Yeah. Every single thing in your life becomes just such an effort and a task and a chore. I feel great, when cooking occurs. is still <laughs> difficult.
1: <laughs> See, I'm, I'm very lucky. I, w- I never had back pain until I was in my 40s. I've had two episodes of back pain at like 42 and 44, and I'm 46 now. And those two episodes, I never had it as a kid, never had it until then. And I can say with certainty, everything I did from 30 to 42 helped me not have it. Right. And when yeah. I did have it at 42, I was moving something big and heavy. And I was thoughtful I was thinking, but I was working for three hours to get to the back of a, of a um, storage unit to get one dishwasher. And it was mm-hmm. at the very back 30 feet in. <laughs> so I moved a lot of stuff and I did not feel when I hurt myself and mm-hmm. I was thinking, but three hours of moving and doing stuff. All it took was one little moment where mm-hmm. I didn't think and I didn't put it all together and I tweaked my back. I didn't feel it at the time, but I felt it that, that night and it was rough. It was a, I had a rough three days And my homework from my book did not help me until I actually saw a PT. So the PT that worked with me at the time saw me, did some work on me. And once I had that hands-on work and had a session, then everything that I taught my patients was effective but I needed that first to make that effective. And
2: this is another good point because Cheryl, we've been talking about bringing different um, modalities on to help people in whatever sort of healing they have, energy healing, physical healing, whatever. And this is true. I had that happen just yesterday. We'll share that again. I came in yesterday to work out with Cheryl. My neck was in such spasm and such pain. Stephen grabbed me and took me in the room and I know all these tools. I've been trained by you guys in Pilates. I have the equipment at my house. I've been trying to work on myself Nothing was working, and then you spending 30 minutes with me, the pain went away. Mm -hmm. It it took someone else coming in and almost telling my body, it's okay, I got this. Like, you can relax for a minute. Mm -hmm. I can handle this for you. So, again, whether it's those pain medications or those practitioners that can help you really go seek help when you need it. And, Mm -hmm. And don't despair that there isn't a way to get help, no matter how bad your pain is or whatever even an improvement can make a big difference. I mm-hmm.
1: think, and that's a great point. And it's very common that you've learned a lot with us over the years, the decade of being a, a client of ours. But you don't always know what to do when, right? When all this, when you've learned all this mm-hmm. stuff from all these years, and you're in that moment of like, oh, this really hurts, and like, ah, that because hurts, you're that in hurts. pain. You're yeah. yeah, and then you're thinking like, you <laughs> might have known what to do. But even if you would have done all of it on your own, it wouldn't have had the same effect of what I did. Right. And a lot of people think I'm, I'm like, I do this fancy stuff with people. I'm simple. I keep mm-hmm. everything simple. There's nothing. I didn't do anything groundbreaking mm-hmm. with you. I released your chest. I released your scalenes. I released your um, levator. We found C5 was a little rotated. We did a little work there. Did a little traction. Adjusted your thoracic spine. Nothing fancy. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. I, it wasn't like I had to like think what to do. I knew what to do. And did I start where your pain was? Mm-mm. I started in the front. Mm-hmm. Did you lay on your stomach? You, you lay laid on your back. Mm-hmm. So it's, So here, neck pain, but it's the same idea. And we could, if I were to see you again... There's a good chance. Like, let's say I see you next week. There's a good chance there's something going on in your low back that slowly okay. yeah. that that's why you it were happened hurting about
2: three or four weeks. ago. Yeah. it was yeah. my low back, and, I, and I didn't came
0: up I chain. didn't take the
1: time to look at that because you were in such acute pain here. Let's get you out of pain there now. But if I had, and, and we, did, I, and we you did, also
0: only had and only minutes. had thirty minutes. <laughs> I
1: had the whole hour. I would yes. have I would have looked. I would have actually started at your pelvis mm-hmm. and worked up to your thing. Now uh, mm-hmm. to your neck. Now, mm-hmm. if we didn't need to work on your pelvis, I wouldn't have. But more mm-hmm. than likely, I would have mm-hmm. found some things that I needed to work. So for me, it's not just looking at where you hurt. It's looking at you, the human, that has pain here, here, here. Right. And the reality is, most people And that's
2: have, what makes it holistic. Very that's much. That's what makes sure.
1: Very much. Yeah. Because I do not, like if someone comes in and says, I hurt here, I do not just start hammering right there. Right. It it just also, um, I might hammer there, but it's going to be twenty or thirty minutes after doing other things.
0: Also, talk about this by her coming in and trusting you. Her nervous system lets go. I think that happens. and that's huge. Mm-hmm. The yeah. nervous system, I think, plays a big role in pain
1: for sure. And the okay. human touch, right. you know, like like doing it yourself with a ball, doing it yourself with a foam roller. The human it's touch different. The human is so touch is, is so powerful. That transfer of energy, <laughs> like like we're energetic and like me just putting my hands on you there's a transfer of energy mm-hmm. and that transfer of energy is way more powerful yeah it's bringing blood flow the, the physiology of it yeah we're bringing blood flow and oxygen to the tissue that we're working on but there's more to it than that But
2: emotionally it also just told my mind you can shut down yep. i got it yep. you you can just relax just relax. I'll handle it, we'll or... we'll, ch-
1: we'll chit chat about whatever's going on mm-hmm. in life but let me we'll just work mm-hmm. and in that time you gave me the feedback of, Oh, I feel that into my hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel it into my thumb. So then I knew like, so again, as I'm holistic, what I tell you? It's a C6
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's your problem. And it's a closing problem. It didn't close properly, but did I only treat C6? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, and I will never only treat C6. I did first five years of PT and wondered why people didn't get better. Well, there's just more to it. And that's, what's fun is that, Pilates taught me a different way of looking at the body. The manual therapy that I had been doing that wasn't working started working because of the combination combination of the two. So if I only do hands on, don't get the effects I want. If I only do exercise, I don't get the hands on uh, effects I want. Combine the two. Someone sees Cheryl; she's doing exercise with them. She can't. You know, I walked out. Y'all are working on your neck. That's not something. It's not my thing. That's I'm not, not trying her thing. And It
2: wasn't going anywhere. And, yeah. no. and but so again you guys have this approach this holistic approach and for those people out there who might be in another city or in a different place and want more information on it we'll link all of your information on the show notes to this podcast Um, Stephen does do virtual appointments even, and you all have your exercises on a membership website.
1: All these videos are on a membership site. The videos are on the membership site,
2: and if you would like to contact Stephen, I'm sure he'd be happy to try to. You have a network of professionals all over the country you know and work with who have similar mentality and approach, and you could also help people get connected and hooked up if they're really in need of seeing someone in person in another place. Since
1: COVID we've totally shifted to this virtual world Mm -hmm. that every, we only help people in person Mm -hmm. and now we're helping people virtually. Again, it is more effective in person Mm -hmm. than virtually at least initially, but we've, I've, I've been working with a lady now for three months virtually who I only did craniosacral with when she came into the, room, into the room and now we're doing all self-treatment and exercise and she's doing fantastic. Whereas if she was coming in, we'd be, it would be passive treatment because that's mm-hmm. what we found that was effective for her. Any exercise aggravator Well, now I don't have the ability to do that. So I have to think differently. <clears throat> it's made me expand. Teaching telehealth has made me think differently, but it's also allowed me to be in someone's home Mm -hmm. and see them getting in and out of their bed, see them getting in and out of the dishwasher, the laundry room. Um, so it's been a really fun shift. So I don't need to see people in the room, but I prefer it Mm -hmm. first. But I can help people in many, many ways. A combination. Ex- exa- well, exactly. Also,
0: what we've discovered with the virtual is like, so maybe there's one family member in the home you're seeing, but now all of a sudden that other family member that also has back pain that was really reluctant to ever schedule because. Didn't fit into their time frame or whatever their reasoning was. Now they're like, "Oh, it's not so bad." So God, they I'm jump in, and they the other family members will are benefiting, are benefiting and yeah. you know yeah. getting better and getting stronger just by doing the virtual.
1: And he wouldn't even come in here, Mm-mm. but if we were uh, if it was if he he still it wouldn't come in right now. Mm-mm. But he's uh, he's happy. That we have two virtual sessions a week and
0: gotten so much better.
1: His he was like this when he started, and he's seventy eight.
2: Okay, so that was that leads me to my next question. So we talked about, like, I've had back pain since I was preteen, not even a teenager. Yeah. You say, like, I didn't get it until my 40s, or you're talking about a patient in his 70s. What do you see? I mean, do you see differences along the decades or those people who, you know, maybe different um, athletic endeavors or different things like that Then all of a sudden?
1: A lot of what I see now are the kids have worse posture than we do. Oh, wow. Because they've been on the technology from the time they're two or three or four.
0: Well, we didn't do that as kids. I just, I just mentioned yeah. I had a
1: master's degree before I had a phone or a computer. I know. So I, I think
2: I got a computer when I was in law yeah, school. Yeah. I remember one professor in law school, I didn't have an email address. Like, and It was a, like a high-tech <laughs> right. legal class, like yeah. on licensing and things like that. So, what? How can you not? Like, oh, <laughs> I do I know. need one? I have I a telephone. <laughs> uh, you know?
1: So we were more active as kids than kids today. So we actually had, there's postural things that we're all dealing with because we're now, you know, in our forties and we've now been on the the technology for 15 years too. So we've been on the technology as long as our kids, but they've been on it their whole life. Whereas we had some moments in time without it. And in those moments in time, what do we do? You played gym. You were a gymnast. Yeah. I played baseball. I Mm played basketball. Like, like, I was in sports year round and we didn't Every have day. we didn't have year round we were sports. so
0: active. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I rode my bike all the time. Even around if town. you're
0: just outside with your friends on your bicycles, you mm-hmm.
1: know. So so to answer your question, kids today at 15 to 18 have worse posture than my 40 year olds in many situations. That means in
2: 10 or 20 years they're going oh, exactly. to have a lot. Oh,
1: exactly. That's that's why.
0: I, Severe back
1: pain. I treat 14 year olds, 12 year olds, 16 year olds with back pain, whether they're an athlete or not. And those kids that are learning it now, it's going to be a tremendous help for them mm. later. And if I could have learned this at 15 instead of 30, I really wish I, I, would, I could have. But I didn't. And it, I learned it when I learned it. I learned it when I found it. And again, I was a PT first and I'll never not be a PT, but the Pilates is what I'm referencing that found me, that allowed me to Mm -hmm. treat holistically and really change the way I do things. But kids don't really care about Pilates or like, I don't really tell them I'm teaching them Pilates. They just want to feel good. And so, but when I get a kid on a reformer, I do a totally different session with a kid than I do with an adult Mm -hmm. and they, and I can make them have fun. I can make them enjoy it. It's not like a normal workout. So 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 the kids are actually really fun. They're just not necessarily on board always. It's almost like the parent has to be on board. Mm-hmm. You know, like when right. I work with, with your son, it's mm-hmm. like you know he's probably not asking to come see me. You want him to come see me because you know I can help him. Mm-hmm. But he's you know he's probably not saying, hey, can I go see Stephen? Right. Well,
2: if he's in pain, he, he is. is. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll, that's good. Yeah.
1: But it's a scenario where though I don't get as many like people in their seventies and eighties that I do, like, say, forties to, to 60. That, like, that 40 to 60 is what I see the most. Mm-hmm. But also, we got to look at when does a parent mm-hmm. have time to commit to themselves.
2: Right. That's a big deal.
1: So my 30 to 40-year-olds who have young kids, they don't come in to see me because they're just trying to survive. survive. Yeah. Well, and
2: for me, those were big years because you had that kid on your hip That's all right. the time. My posture was horrible. That's right. I was exhausted all day, exhausted. every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think every decade, every every generation has different problems to work with. Uh, my guy in the seventies, you know, his posture's bad, but it's not because of technology. It's because he's a pilot and he sits in a very confined place. So it's it's work related.
2: Well, and it, it just builds exactly. over the years. Exactly. You you train your muscles in the wrong.
1: That's exactly right. Way or
2: a, right. a harmful or a hurtful way causes mm-hmm. problems. And I think, you know, just to put that final plug in for Pilates before we wrap up, too, one of the things I loved about it first, and I still love about it now, is when I'm in a class, I might have someone who's 20 years old on one side of me and 70 years old yeah. on another yeah. side of me, all maybe modifying a little bit, all doing the same yeah. stuff. And to me, that's a testament to that form of movement that yes. these people in their 70s and even beyond are still in there doing it and feeling good and coming in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every week. And that's yeah. why I
1: love this idea of, yeah, I share this with my patients. But what you mentioned with the uh, the Pilates for PTs, I'm trying to share this with the physical therapist so that they can learn that there's a different way of treating mm-hmm. patients. And not only is there a different way of treating patients, but there's a way as a PT with a Pilates studio. How long have you been around our world? 10 years. Mm-hmm. If I was a PT that once I discharged you, once insurance cut you off and I didn't have something to offer Mm -hmm. you, we would have lost you a long time ago. We wouldn't be sitting here right now. probably. Mm -hmm. But because of this, yeah, you're in PT and you're in pain, but now we're gonna move you to the the wellness side. That wellness side is what really has kept us building relationships going Mm -hmm. for a long, 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 long time. Mm -hmm. When I was a PT and didn't have a Pilates studio, as soon as that six visits was up that the insurance was paid for it, they're gone. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's what I love about it. It's the long-term relationship. I've got a lady I've had. I've been seeing her for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't see her for PT every year, but mm-hmm. she's in, she she's, she's taking classes. Mm-hmm. 15 years. Com-
0: it completely reversed her osteoporosis. So she day. had
1: osteoporosis on Boniva or whatever. I think it was Boniva, one of those those medica- medications. 15 years ago when I met her, now she's off of medication. She is no longer osteoporosis. She is no longer osteopenia. She is completely clear and free. And
0: 15 years older. And yeah. she's in her, in 70s, her 70s, 75 I least. mean, that's huge.
1: So this is a scenario where a traditional PT, I would have saw her, saw her for the visits that her insurance allowed her. She would have been gone. She would have never stayed with, probably would have never stayed with the home program that I do because the home programs aren't as fun as coming to work out on the reformer. Mm-hmm. So she comes in twice a week while she was working as a school teacher. Once she retired as a school teacher, she came in twice a week. She was once a week until then. And then she sees me for PT on an as needed basis. So some years I don't see her at all. Some years I see her frequently mm-hmm. depending on what's going on. But that's what I love about this is that we're, we're cr- truly creating a community that people can come in when they're feeling good to keep feeling good. They can come in when they're feeling bad to mm-hmm. get to that point of feeling good. So we're not just a pain place. We're a place of healing no matter where you are on the spectrum. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what Pilates allows us to do different than, the traditional PT. And I'm not saying I'm better than any of those guys. It's just different.
2: It's for a different people. It's for
1: a different people. And the people mm-hmm. that we connect with, they love it. The people that if, if a CrossFit guy comes in here to see me, we're not, I'm like, I'm going to be mad at my front desk for letting him get to be, to be on my schedule.
0: 'Cause he's not really gonna resonate. It's not, not good anything. He, a fit good he's not a good
1: fit for right. for what we do. Not but you know, no, I can do my thing and help him and get him feeling better in four or five visits and it's move. It's probably on. not gonna be a long it's, term. It's not that yeah. long term look that it's that, not what I'm look, it's not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a scenario where like there's plenty of PTs that are offering that. So that I am um, I don't look at it as like there's no competition, like you see your people that are fit for you, I'm going to see my people that are fit for me, and I don't really, wh- whoever's the good fit is the good fit. It doesn't matter.
2: And so I think, yeah, to wrap up, that's like the last thing to leave with our audience is, like everything else, do your research on people you're going to. Because sure. you're right. going to have some places you match with better than others, and it's really... Worthwhile to you to find the one that resonates the most with you, and you're going to be more likely to stick with it. It's got to be a good fit. Integrated into your life. When I
1: when I took insurance, anyone that walked in the door, I saw, and that was not. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the best scenario. Now that I don't take insurance, the people I see, they want to see me. Mm-hmm. they We've walked them through a process that they are the right fit, and we just need to now like meet and make sure that it is. But so when I took insurance, I would see everything under the sun because the question was, Do you take my insurance? Yes, I do. Well, I'm coming in. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, All right, what do you have going on? Mm-hmm. Let's listen to your story. All right, we see that all the time. Come on in. If it's someone that, like, it's something that I don't really see, I don't really want to see them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if someone has a hand issue, I'm not a hand therapist. I don't deal with hands. Now the new PT that works with me does, so I can refer them to him. But two years ago, a year ago, I'd be like, "Yeah, hey, I don't. Else. I don't work with that. That's mm-hmm. you know, when your shoulder hurts and your back hurts, I'm I can help you with that all day." This woman, the 15 year client, I'll talk about her. She needed a hand therapist. I'm like, "Look, I can't help you, but there's a place down the street. Go see them." And guess what? She respected the hell out of me because I didn't try to. Do something out of my Mm wheelhouse, you know. So that became this. That's why we have this long term relationship with her. So if it's not the right fit, I'm happy to refer out and find the right fit. But the people that do find me, by the time they find me, it's you, and they end up in here in my room, and we usually are. We usually know we're on the right right page and it's the right fit. And then we're just checking all the boxes, and I'm giving them an opportunity to meet me, talk to me, do a free assessment. And they need to check the boxes off to see if i meet what they want mm-hmm. and if it works I, well before we even decide if it works i lay out that whole plan a month with me a month with cheryl and then into our classes this is not a get quick fix i'm going to help you quick like you feel great today from right. yesterday mm-hmm. i expect to help people immediately with what i do but to actually last and get to those goals and things we really want it's a little bit of a process, and if you're not willing to do that process, if someone says, "You know, I'm just going to do a visit or two and see," I'm like, "Look, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in you doing ten percent of my plan, and then going around telling people if it, it didn't work when you only committed ten percent." Right. Yeah. So, if you want to do my plan, I really want you to commit to the plan. Mm-hmm. If you want to say, "I'll come in once or twice, see what happens," that's I'm not really looking for that mm-hmm. because that's because those people, if it, for whatever reason it doesn't resonate. They're going to go around and say, "Well, that didn't work for me." Well, but if you only do ten percent of my plan, don't you go around? And I tell them mm-hmm. that. I tell them that straight up. <laughs> so, so if you want, if you're going to commit to it, it's a commitment, and it doesn't mean you have to pay for it all up front and all that. It just mm-hmm. means that like you have to be willing. And most of my patients have seen this person, that person, this person, that person, and had the failures. And I've actually talk to them in a way about things that no one's talked to them about. No one's ever heard of the multifis. No one's, everyone's heard of the hip flexor now, but they don't understand the importance of releasing it and strengthening Mm -hmm. the multifis. So it's fun. It's been a fun process. And, um, you
0: know, Definitely a unique approach. Yeah, it is. I feel like uh, we have a. We'll have a lot of links in today's show notes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to have To make the, sure we put out the Long Bridge. Problems. Yeah, we'll have our book is on our website as well. We'll mm-hmm. put the Pilates for PTs for any physical therapist or practitioners that yeah. are interested in yeah. implementing this sort of approach into their practice. And even coaches on that. We
2: can also link cores. So you can go get more information or contact Stephen or Cheryl directly.
0: And uh, one other thing too, we talked about our membership site Mm -hmm. where you can join the membership site, Pilates to thrive.com. And on there you can find on demand classes, or you can find just all of these exercises in a video form. So video on the library. website, a video library from the book there, as well as some free videos that really little 10 minute videos that help people get moving. So there's a lot of links in our show notes today. I hope you guys take the opportunity mm-hmm. to check that out. But anyway, thanks for joining yeah. us again, yeah. Thank Stephen. Yeah. coming on again, Stephen. It's
1: always fun think. to talk about back pain and, you know, <laughs> it's what we see all the time. And so How about
2: back wellness, let, let, there yay. we go. I like there that. Go. that. I like that. Okay. So, so show goes,
1: she goes, Amy asked me if, if you could talk about back pain for an hour. And I'm like, oh, I can <laughs> no
0: talk about that yeah, easily. So you to the wall. I, I didn't even ask what we
1: were <laughs> yeah. going to talk about because I figured y'all would tell me. And, yeah. and here we are. I don't like to plan too much. I like to just go with it. So
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank thank you all for joining us. Thanks for listening. And and until and next time. Until next time. Bye. Guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Vibe Life podcast. For more information and to join our community, be sure and check out our website at www.invibelife.com. We look forward to sharing with you.